Thank you for joining me on episode 79 of the Begone a Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Jenneman, just a regular gal trying to help people know that they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And have you ever thought about where you specifically are gifted? We are all, as Christians, called to know God and to make Him known. We know God by getting to know Him. We make Him known through the gifts and talents that He has placed inside of us. And in the book of Romans, Paul gives us seven different giftings, and we are going to be talking about those giftings today to help you find out how you were uniquely created. Welcome back to the Unique On a Purpose podcast. I'm Rachel Jenneman, flying solo today, and I've been wanting to do a podcast for this on a while, and I want to talk about your giftings, your motivational giftings. Did you know that you were born with gifts? Yes, you were born with specific gifts that God has placed inside of you, and you were created Unique on purpose. We are here for two reasons. That is to know God and to make him known. We get to know God by digging into the Bible, by praying. We are spending time with Jesus. And the more that we get to spend time with Jesus, the more we get to know ourselves. But we are also here to make him known. How do we make God known? God does that through our gifts and our talents. And every single one of us has been gifted. And You'll see a lot of different giftings tests out there. You see Myers-Briggs in the Enneagram, and I hear from people all the time, well, I'm an eight, wing, seven. I I don't even know what that means. I I don't know much about the Enneagram, and I know that there are people out there that have an issue with the Enneagram. They think it's kind of new agey, and I'll just be straightforward with you. I don't know much about the Enneagram, and I have not dug into it, done the research. Same thing with Myers-Briggs or any other giftings test. However, here is my issue with some of those tests. Though they are great in learning where you are gifted, I I want to put the Bible first. And right in scripture gives us different giftings that you and I possess. Again, not saying that we cannot find out what our Enneagram number is, what our whatever number is on whatever chart. That's fine. But let's go at least find out what our giftings are according to scripture. We want to go back to the Bible. Now, when you look through the New Testament, Paul gives us three different types of giftings. The first one that he gives is spiritual giftings. We're not talking about that today, but I do want to recognize it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says in verse 7, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy and distinguishing between spirits, meaning discernment, and to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, in the interpretation of tongues. Those are the spiritual giftings, and we are not talking about that today. Later on in that same chapter, Paul addresses ministry giftings. In verse 27, he lists apostle, a teacher, a prophet, and there's also evangelist and pastor. Those are ministry gifts to be used in the church. But today I'm talking about something completely different. You will find it actually in the book of Romans and what we call it are 
our motivational giftings. These are giftings that we are born with, that God has placed in each and every single one of us. And we have, or excuse me, there are seven giftings. Romans chapter 12, verse six says this, having gifts differing according to the grace that God has given to us. If prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of our faith or service, let us give ourselves to service or he who teaches to his teaching or he who exhorts it to his exhorting. He who gives, let him do it liberally. He who rules with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So, with that verse said, let's let's go over a few things. One, we've already established this. Everyone has a motivational gifting. You are gifted in some way, shape, or form. You probably have a few of these motivational giftings. And as we go through them, you will be able to pinpoint, ooh, I think this is uh, where I land. And I will also post in the show notes a test that you can take. Uh, the gifts that we possess shape our personalities. There are a lot of things that shape our personalities, right? Out the environment that we were born in, whether our parents stayed married or they divorced, it, what birth order we are in, a lot of things shape our personalities and these gifts also shape your personality. They also show us how we relate to people. If you are married and we go through this list and you suspect that maybe your husband is a teacher and you are an exhorter, you're going, oh, that's why my husband responds the way he does. And so it helps you to understand the different people in your lives and how you can best interact with them. Also, God has created us with a free will. You and I know this, and that includes our giftings as well. And we can choose to use our giftings appropriately, or we can neglect them. Uh, they are also given to us to benefit others in the body of Christ. They help us benefit our family. They benefit uh, the people that we work with, but they also are meant to benefit the people in the body of Christ at church. If you are frustrated where you are serving. This is a big one. If you are frustrated right now, it could be where you're serving at church. It could be where you're serving at work. It might be that you are operating outside of your gifting. And I can get more into that in a little bit. And though we may be gifted in one area, we are to operate in all spheres. Now, how does that work? You look at Jesus. Jesus was gifted in all seven of these areas. Now, for example, uh, if you have a husband who's maybe more mercy motivated, but he is called to lead his family, he may not be gifted as a leader, but he is still called to operate as the leader of his family. And there are going to be times that maybe you are to show compassion to others, even though you're not gifted in the area of mercy and compassion, you are still to show compassion and mercy to those around you. And again, we will talk more about that here in a little bit. But right now, I want you to picture with me a cinnamon roll. Who does not like cinnamon rolls? If you do not like cinnamon rolls, you need Jesus in your life. But picture with me a cinnamon roll and we can take the different giftings and place them inside that cinnamon roll. Romans chapter 12 says uh, the gift of prophecy, but not to be confused with the spiritual gift of prophecy. We are going to use the word perceiver. Picture perceiver as the salt in your cinnamon roll. It is one who clearly perceives the will of God. But what does salt do? Salt 
can hurt if you pour it on a wound, but it also cleans the wound. It is something that all of us need in our lives. Server. I like to see the server as the egg in our cinnamon roll. A server is one who thrives on serving other people, but the eggs, eggs keep things together. They're a binding agent when it comes to dough and servers do the exact same thing. Teacher, I like to say, is the baking soda. They're ones who love to do research. They love to communicate truth. And they're the ones that help us rise to the occasion. Uh, The exhorter. The exhorter is one of my favorites. And I like to think of them as the icing on our cinnamon roll. They are ones who love to encourage others. And they're just that, that icing on the cake, that extra touch, that icing on the cinnamon roll. And then we have the giver. I like to think the giver as the flower in our cinnamon roll. Givers are ones who give of their time and talent and money to enhance the gospel, but they are ones that really help the dough expand. And then you have the administrator or the natural leader. I like to see them as the recipe in our cinnamon roll. They are ones who lead, they organize, and they direct. And if you don't have a recipe, sometimes it can be very difficult to bake your cinnamon roll just right. And then compassion or mercy, those are kind of interchangeable. So if I use both and it's confusing, I apologize. But I like to think of them as the cinnamon and sugar in our cinnamon roll. They are ones that show compassion and mercy, and they are just that sugar and spice and everything nice in our lives. So as we go through this list, and I'm not going to get to all of the motivational giftings today, but as we are going through this list, I want you to ask yourself these questions. One, which one of these gifts do I possess? And I will put a test in this or a quiz in the show notes for you to be able to answer that for yourself. But which one sounds like you? And then also ask yourself, how can I use my gift at home, at work? and at my church. How can I relate to others with my gift and with their gift with me? Number four, am I using my gift to the fullest or am I just kind of sitting around on that on that gift? And then the last one, if I'm sitting around, then how can I start using my gift? Now, I asked you to picture a cinnamon roll. Now I want you to picture a body. Put a person in front of you in your mind. At the top, you're going to see speaking gifts, and near the bottom, you're going to see more of the serving gifts. The perceiver, I like to relate to the eyes because they are able to perceive and see things that maybe others are unable to. The teacher, I like to relate to the mind because they love their research. They love the brain. They love all the smartsy stuff. The exhorter, I like to relate to the mouth. Not only are they good public speakers, but they're ones that just love to bring encouragement to other people. The administrator or the leader, I love to see them as they're like the shoulders because they're holding everything up. They're holding things together. And as you get lower on the body, the compassion, the mercy motivated person, they're the heart. They're the heart of our world because they see people more the way that Jesus sees them. And the giver, I like to relate to them as the arms because they're always giving. And then the server, I relate to the hands because they are always using their hands to serve other people. 
In this session, I'm going to go through a couple of the motivational giftings. And as, as I'm listing the different traits of these giftings, think to yourself, is this me? And if it isn't me, who is it? So let's first start off with the perceiver. Again, like I said before, also known as the prophet, but not to be confused of the spiritual gift of prophecy. So we will relate to it as the perceiver. They're the salt in our cinnamon roll. You either like it or you don't. You're either going to like the perceiver or you're not because they can be very straightforward. Salt can sting, but it can also clean out the wound. So even though it's a little bit painful, they are people that we need in our lives. They make up about 12% of the population, and they are more of the black and white person. They see things as either good or evil. There's really not a whole lot of in between. As they grow in their giftings, they start to be able to see a little bit of gray, but they're very much black and white individuals. And they're called the perceiver because they can easily perceive the character of individuals or groups they can walk into a group of people and they can there's just a discernment about them of what kind of group this really is they are very much encouragers of repentance and they believe that trials produce positive spiritual growth so here is my advice if you are going through a really hard time a perceiver is probably not the best person that you want to confide in. If you are looking for sympathy, that perceiver is not the person. They're going to see your trial as something positive and a way for you to uh, receive growth, which is true. But when you're going through a hard time, that's the last thing that you want to hear is the positivity of your trial. They have few close friends, not because of their personality. It's just they are comfortable being alone. And they prefer to only have a few close friends. They have higher, stricter standards than other gifts. And because of that, they can have a low self-esteem because not only do they have high and strict standards for other people, but they have high and strict standards for themselves. And oftentimes they are unable to meet the high expectation that they have placed on themselves. Perceivers also grieve over the sins of other people. Different motivational giftings grieve over different things. And sin is the one that the perceivers, because remember, they are all about good and evil. They are more black and white. And when they see people that are deep in sin, it really bothers them. And really, that's the Lord wanting them to pray. If if you are a perceiver and you are grieving over the sin of other people, that's God saying, hey, you need to be praying for that person and their sin. They are also very persuasive speakers and they are called to intercede, just as I said, for the sins of other people. They're blunt. They have strong opinions and strong convictions. And so the perceiver has to be careful Nothing wrong with being blunt, nothing wrong with having strong opinions or convictions, but they have to be careful on how they word it and how they communicate that bluntness, especially to someone who is a little bit more softer, such as a compassion, mercy person or a server. They're very strong willed and stubborn. And if they are not mature enough in their gifting, they can be pushy and judgmental. 
and they struggle uh, tolerating other people's points of views and they can struggle with self-image. And if I were to pick a person in scripture that best fits the perceiver, I would definitely say Peter. I think Peter was more black and white when you look at his letters, when you look at the things that he had to be corrected on because he was more stickler to the Jewish rules, definitely a Peter. So now if the, these are not 100%, these are just suggestions. But if you feel that you are a perceiver, maybe you're thinking, well, what ministries would best suit my giftings? Well, being in charge of an intercessory prayer group or maybe prayer counseling, prayer chain, marriage counseling, teen counseling, uh, doing drama, political causes, pastoral ministry, missions, prayer team, cleansing classes, and also maybe a part of being a part or leading a security team. Some of the careers that best fit a perceiver are doctors, paramedics, dentists, medical missions, a philosopher, engineer, human resources, inspector, college professor, guidance counselor, teacher or director, maybe of drama, music and art, athletic scout, umpires, referees, reporters, producers, property assessors, claims adjusters, financial analysts or managers, ambassadors, corrections officers, a judge, lawyer, military officers, politicians, policemen, substance abuse counselors, pilot, aircraft, air traffic controllers, and 911 operators. But these are not set in stone. These are just suggestions of what possible careers fit that perceiver personality. So let's move on to the server. I love servers. I love server as someone who is more of a natural leader, as someone who has more of the speaking gifts. We need more servers in our lives. And I love the servers that God has put into uh, put into my life. But they are also known as the gift of helps or the gift of ministry. And they are that egg in our cinnamon roll because they bring people together, but they can easily crack if you are not careful. Servers do need some encouragement. They do need to know why they're doing what they are doing is important. They make up about 17% of the population and they receive joy in helping and assisting and carrying out instructions. They recognize practical needs of others and can quickly meet them. I love that about servers. They just, they can just see it right there. Oh, that person needs a need. I'm going to go ahead and meet that. They enjoy manual projects. They love working with their hands. My son is a perfect example of a server. He finds joy in serving his mom and dad, but he is always doing something with his hands, some sort of project. Uh, they can't stand clutter. They like to keep things in meticulous order. And that's, I think, why we need servers in our lives because me, I'm more scattered and I have more of a mess and I love having servers that are able to keep things in meticulous order. They're detailed people. They have very good memories. They love showing hospitality. And they finish what they start. There are a lot of giftings that they're very good starters, but they're terrible finishers. Servers are very good at finishing what they start, but they have a hard time saying no. They will always do more than asked, and it's because they want to serve. They want to serve, and they will put more on their plate than what they should. They will put others' needs above their own. 
I remember years ago when I was pastoring, we'll call her uh, Rebecca. Rebecca was a great server, fabulous, loved to serve other people. The problem, though, with Rebecca is that she would never take care of herself. She was an empty nester. She didn't have anybody living at home that she was constantly taking care of outside of her husband, but she was always meeting other people's needs above herself. And she never went shopping for clothes. She never got her hair done. And one year, we just kind of surprised her some friends and we said, listen, we are going to take you for a makeup over we're going to uh, go take you to the salon she got her hair done we bought her a brand new outfit she looked amazing but it, it, she didn't know how to take it she really struggled with it because she was so used to serving other people that she had a hard time other people serving her but at the same time it was nice because she needed that haircut she needed to have some things that were done for her to take care of herself just a little bit. They prefer short-term projects over long-term projects. They also need to feel appreciated and they're hurt when they're not. Remember I said that they're the egg in our cinnamon roll. They bring us together, but they can easily crack. They, they love to be able to support you, but they want to know that their support is appreciated and that it's making a difference. They don't like to lead. They just don't like to lead. They love to support people in leadership. And here's the problem that leaders will see with servers. They will end up putting a server in a leadership position when they shouldn't be in one. And it's because they're such great servers that they think, oh, well, I want to reward this person for working so hard. I'm going to place them in a leadership position. Well, then they end up quitting or they end up getting fired because they cannot handle that leadership position. So if you are a boss, if you are an employer and you notice some people underneath of you that are amazing servers and there's that inkling, you're, you're saying, oh, I, I just want to put them in a leadership position because they are so awesome. Double check and see where their motivational gifting is first because it might burn you to put that server in a leadership position. And because they are not natural leaders, they don't know how to delegate or they don't want to delegate. They would just rather do the job and get it done themselves. They have very high energy and they can also be perfectionist. So if a server is not mature in their gifting, they have to watch out for that perfectionist spirit. And then they can also be critical of others who are not helping in practical ways. For an example, say you're at a church and you're at some sort of small group or a leadership meeting. The server, right after the meeting, they're the first ones putting away the food, wiping down the tables, breaking down the tables, making sure everything is put in order. And then you have other people that are gifted in different areas, maybe chatting, sitting around doing something else. And that server is going to be critical going, well, why aren't they helping? Well, because it's not their natural inkling to say, oh, I should probably start putting stuff away where it is for the server. Servers can also be pushy and intervene in that eagerness to help. And, oh boy, okay. I was working for a church at one time that had a couple, they, they loved to serve. Both of them were servers. They were beautiful servers, but they would take the initiative to serve when not asked and at one point in the church we were redoing the basement painting the entire basement and i don't know what this couple was thinking but in their minds they thought well we're going to help out and they went and they bought 
some paint that was a hideous color of yellow. Why they chose that color, I have no idea. The person that was in charge of the downstairs and the decorating did not approve of that color. But this cup, this server couple went and got the paint and they spent an entire afternoon painting a couple of the rooms that ugly yellow color. And unfortunately, that person who was in charge had to turn around and say, I'm sorry, but you have to repaint that because that is not the color that we chose and it's incredibly ugly so if you are a natural server you have to make sure that you don't overstep your bounds and like i said before they have a hard time accepting help from others and if you think that you are a server and you're looking at your church ministry going wow where could i serve the best well really anywhere that you can just serve anywhere that there is hospitality, whether it is greeting, coffee ministry, worship team, tech team, helping with meals for those that are sick. Almost anywhere where you don't necessarily have to be the leader, but you can be hospitable and you can serve are some of the best places to be in ministry. But but what about career-wise? Well, there's so many different careers that a server can do. Servers are very good at factory work because they like the, the same thing every day and being able to work with their hands, working in construction, sign language interpreter, maybe a digital marketer, dietitian, a nurse, a dental hygienist, waitressing, catering, graphic design, anywhere that you are being hospitable and you are helping people and possibly doing things with your hands. So now let's move on. This will be the last one for this podcast and we'll do the other four in the next episode. But we're going to talk about teacher, also known as the researcher. And the teacher can often get confused, confusing because people who are maybe elementary teachers or some sort of teacher in their field, they find out that that's not their motivational gifting and they're thinking, oh, I can't be a teacher then. No, 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 no. Teacher is just a motivational gifting. That doesn't mean you have to become a high school teacher. And if you are a high school teacher, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to have the gift of teacher. So let's just get that out of the water right now. But teacher, also known as the researcher, and the baking or the baking soda in our cinnamon roll, because without teachers, we would not rise to the occasion. They make up about 6% of the population, and they are all about the facts. Remember Dragnet from the 1960s? Yeah, I was born in the 80s and grew up in the 90s, but I remember Nick at Night watching Dragnet. And Joe Friday's famous line was always, just the facts, ma'am. And that is what teachers are. I, I, I see them as the Joe Fridays of our world, just the facts, ma'am. They love to study. They love to do research. They prefer biblical illustrations versus real life illustrations. And they get upset when scripture is taken out of context. Understandably so. Teachers have a large vocabulary. And because teachers, they're so incredibly smart. Like it's just not how smart teachers are, but they will use big words and they have to be careful when communicating with other people because not everybody will understand their big fancy words and how they are actually communicating. Not only do they have a large vocabulary, but they emphasize facts and the accuracy of words. They just love words. I knew a pastor once who was a teacher and I kid you not, for Christmas one year, his wife bought him 
this vintage dictionary. It was like a first edition of a Webster dictionary, something like that. But it was something that he desperately wanted because he just had a thing for words. They prefer teaching believers over evangelism. Teachers are very intellectual. Just like I said, it is not fair, but they are. My husband is a teacher and he's probably one of the smartest people I know. They often are self-disciplined and very emotionally balanced. Next week, we'll talk about the exhorter and the person that's mercy motivated, but they're more on the emotional scale, very up, very down. Teachers are pretty evenly keel. You're not going to see them lose their cool and get super emotional. They also select a circle of friends and then they need to be surrounded by other intellectuals. You will find that doctors, lawyers, those that are incredibly intelligent that have that teacher personality, they like to be able to hang out with each other so they can have that intellectual stimulation. My husband, is a teacher and there are times when he just has to hang out with other people that are like-minded that he can be more intellectually stimulated than what I can give him. They have a strong conviction and opinions that are based on facts. It's a member. It's all about the facts, just the facts, ma'am. They tend to neglect practical uses of truth because they are so focused maybe on biblical truths that they don't necessarily apply it to real life. They can be know-it-alls. If they are not mature in their gifting, they can come off as very prideful, very egotistical, and it's hard for them to accept other people's points of view. And they can also become very legalistic if they are not careful. And they can be sidetracked by their interests because they're so interested in so many things, loving to do the research. And so they need to really narrow down their focus. Where are they called to be a teacher and move in that direction? And when it comes to ministry for the teacher, really the teacher can fit anywhere that they can do research and they can have some sort of of leadership ability. They also make very good careers as scientists, politicians, doctors, anywhere that challenges their smarts, whether it's ministry, whether it's career, something that's going to be intellectually stimulating for them. That was the perceiver, the server, and the teacher. Next week, I'm going to go over the exhorter, givers, administrator slash ruler, and mercy slash compassion. So you don't want to miss out on that. I'm going to put in the show notes a quiz for you to take to find out what your motivational gifting is. But I'm also going to put in the show notes the motivational giftings book if you would like to get a hold of the book so then you can learn more about each gift this is going to be a great resource for you so thank you for joining me today thank you once again for joining me on the unique on purpose podcast next week we will continue our discussion on the different motivational giftings so you can see where you were uniquely gifted but also where others around you are uniquely gifted so you can be using your gifts for God's glory but also be able to relate to others. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast so don't forget to share, download, and subscribe and remember you were created unique on purpose. You are loved and because of Christ you have been made worthy. I will see you right back here next time.